Welcome to Creators Are Brands, part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And today on the show, we have who you might know as Nina the Lawyer. She is a, I'm, I, got, I, got, I got to pull it up here, a no-fluff contract lawyer from NY, and she's always sharing us savvy tips, tools, and templates for content creators, influencers, agency owners, freelancers, course creators, and coaches. coaches. And something that I want to call out from the jump, did you just sell your uh, 1,000th digital product in your store? Did I see that? Yes. Yes, I did. And actually, today, it's like closer to 1,020. Cause I just had a big sale, so it's crazy how crazy. how many people have like bought my things. It feels so weird to be able to like create money from what feels like thin air. You know, so you're because I so see trippy. you know you 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 live in uh, do you live in Tulum or I live in Sayulita, or... which is on the uh, okay, other cool. coast of Mexico. Yeah, I've okay, been yeah, I'm sorry, I totally years. botched that, but but yeah. still, it, it it looks like you're in like a tropical, beautiful world, and you know you got these orders coming in, so it's it's really cool to see you kind of productize your knowledge and be able to sell it and and create an impact from across the world wherever you are as you're enjoying your life. I know a lot of hard work goes into it, but I'm really excited to talk about that because a thousand digital products that's a lot, and I know that you've learned a lot that our audience can gain some insights from. So how long have you been selling these digital products? So I started selling contract templates here and there. And well, I started my business in 2018. And at first it started out just as a law firm for creators and freelancers and other people I met traveling who had no access to legal protections. There was no alternatives to hiring a lawyer or writing your own contract. There were no lawyer drafted contract templates. So actually, my friends I met traveling gave me that idea. But first, I needed to build up my arsenal. And so for about a year and a half, I was working with clients one-on-one to create custom contracts. And then in 2019, I launched my shop uh, on November 11th. So I always have this huge like 11-11 anniversary sale. So I really Mm. consider the start of my business um, or the start of my shop 11-11-2019. So that's when the numbers started tolling so it's been a thousand sales since then so uh, yeah one thousand and now is that uh what what would can you give us intel on like what the most popular product has been is it the contracts yeah so the contracts are the most popular and my most popular best-selling product is my signature bundle. I call it the Scale Your Biz Bundle, where I basically throw in every contract template in there because I talk a lot to different people about different things they need. And I know when you're just starting out, feeling like you're investing in a lawyer or even one contract feels like a stretch for you, and it's not exactly the most exciting thing to invest in. But People really need to understand that contracts aren't one size fits all and you can't use your one-on-one client contract for the digital products, terms and conditions you want to sell, or if you have a membership or when you collaborate with someone and things like that. So in order to kind of incentivize people to get used to using different contracts for different things, I created a big bundle that has everything in it in, you know, like a discounted, I guess you could say, way. So that's the most uh top selling that or the one-on-one client contract which is like the first contract that people need just starting out so those are the two most uh best-selling products but yeah it's been uh, mostly contract templates over the course of the last four years or however long it's been that's incredible and i love this conversation because it kind of covers two areas like one i geek out about like creating digital products and selling them and 
kind of like, you know, just how you get eyeballs on them, how people trust your authority to be able to make that purchase. But then also what is in the contracts is relevant to our audience too. You know, you, uh, it's all about protecting the creator, uh, whether they're, they're doing public speaking, consulting, freelancing, coaching. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get into, into all of that too. Um, I did see the one digital product idea. Uh, I, I'm curious, um, the customizable email and DM boundary scripts. We were talking a little bit of, uh, before the call on this. I just love this because it's like, it's like a new angle on a digital product. It's something where not that many people would think that you could package something like that, but you did and you're doing it and it's, and it's doing great numbers. I'm curious, like, w- how did that idea come about and how can other people – um, start thinking of their own unique digital product ideas? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. I'm going to kind of reframe it just for a sec because I know before the call you were asking me or telling me that people are often like wondering what they can sell. So I want to first yep. emphasize like the first way that I figured out what to sell and put my time into because it takes a lot of time up front to create a digital product that you don't know is going to sell or how it's going to do. Like it took me, like yes. I said, a year and a half, you know, to create my contract templates. That came from requests from people specifically telling me that I've been working with one-on-one, like the contract templates were people asking for that. And then it was like something I was doing and spending a lot of time with individually for people. I was like, well, how can I cut costs for them? And how can I save my time and turn this into a template? Because, like, I just want to go to the beach. Like, I don't want to be sitting on a computer all day. I don't care if it's only $400 instead of $4,000. So, like, I created contracts that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd rather have, like, 10 sales of $400 than one sale of $4,000, you know? So that was the first way that I created digital products that were, like, starting to sell really popularly. But then... The product that you mentioned, the DM and boundary scripts that I actually created in collaboration with my friend Kaylee. Shout out to my friend Kaylee Meyer. She is such an amazing copywriter in the online space and she runs a really successful agency. So she also has like these email scripts that she's created when people will ask her to do work for free or they'll ghost her on a contract or a payment or something. So we created those in collaboration um her from experience working with her agency me from experience just like working with people again individually one-on-one like hearing them in legal meetings being like oh this person asked me for a refund what do i say things like that or this person copied my content what do i say but really what made me press go on it was creating instagram posts or creating content that's like instead of this say this or I would call it like how to say fucked up things respectfully. Like I'd put on my stories, like what fucked up things do you wish you could say to people in business? And let's rephrase that. Like I love doing that. My friends all come to me for advice. Like, oh, my ex texted me this thing. Like, what do I say to them? Like I'm always like, give me the phone. I'll rewrite it. So I love writing stuff like that. And I noticed that these posts were getting like in my world, viral reach and viral amounts of saves and shares you know we're talking like hundreds of saves on a post so that's where i looked at the analytics and saw oh these are my top performing posts throughout the years throughout the last three years so there's a way i can monetize this and turn this content into a product that is relevant to these people and then also 
reverse engineering that if you're struggling with what content do I create? Well, think of like the product you want to create and create content, reverse engineer from that and create content around that and see if it does well too. So that's how I got yeah. that idea. What you're saying, what I'm hearing is it's like this guy Jack Butcher talks about that. He goes, sometimes when you're at the beginning of being a creator, you're just putting out a lot of noise and then you see what the signal is sent back to you. So you see what people are resonating with, and then you help that sort of refine like your next moves for whatever, you know, if you want to do a content series or create a digital product or make a course, uh, it's like it's like a free testing ground to just experiment with like, yeah, what are people responding to? It doesn't have to be a tr – like I love your approach because in my mind I'm like, all right, I need to do a traditional sit-down course. It needs to be – 40 modules it needs to be two hours like it like you're like hey i'm selling straight up like like screw off like like how to tell people to screw off <laughs> you know like like i think exactly. that's like a, such a clever approach and i'm going to talk about some of them here so i i looked at the the copy on the sales page money and finance boundaries you have something for your payment is overdue your payment is overdue and you ignore my last reminder i don't offer discounts that's a great one that's one that comes up a lot Here's uh, here's why my call costs money. I don't speak for exposure. No, you can't get a refund, dude. You just can't ask for your uh, your bank for a refund uh, or uh, or submit a fraudulent chargeback. And I I don't owe you free stuff. So let's can we pick one of them and and not, and just give them a little a little insight to like how you would you would frame that from your end? Yeah. So let's talk about the chargeback one because we were talking about digital products and that's one that yeah. gets used a lot for people who sell courses or templates like I do or digital products. You'll get a lot of people who buy it. Well, hopefully you don't get a lot, but it comes up. It's inevitable that you'll get someone who will buy it and then will go to their credit card company and, and say it's fraud or say they never received it oh. or say, and that's what's called a chargeback because then their bank will give them the money back. And they'll get a refund through their bank or through PayPal and not through you. Um, and there's ways you could fight that on Stripe and PayPal and stuff. But it's really important that you have also a contract, right? Going back to my templates, having a contract that uh, they sign or click, I agree to the terms and conditions because that's how you beat that. So a way I would respond to that is be like, hey, just got this notification, you know, and my friend and I created what we call gentle and spicy versions so like the gentle one would be like hey just got this notification you know uh it seems uh you this the, could be a mistake who was the gentle side who was the spicy side <laughs> well me and kaylee both we are both pretty spicy but like my team, more lawyerly one yeah can be can perceived a little more spicy because i'll be more like matter of fact and yeah. more of how like you know if we are thinking about traditional like how men are in the workspace versus women. Like, I don't know. I always like if my boss is a dude and he's a lawyer and emailing me something, he's not going to be like all nice about it and beat around the bush. He's going to just like say it. So that's what I tried to channel in the spicy yeah, version. Yeah, I like but, that. but, you know, saying something like, hey, just got this email or let's say their payment failed. Like, hey, just got this email about your payment not going through. I understand these things can happen. So I uh, hope you're OK. Let me know uh, if, like, let me know when I can expect the payment. As you know, the payments usually do on this day per the contract. If it's late by however many days, a late fee is going to be imposed, and I would hate to charge you that. So uh, let me know by the end of the day what's going on and hope you're doing okay. Hear from you soon, whatever. That might be like a gentle version. 
Yeah. The spicy version might be like, and this is also what I say to put in your contracts, your third strike policy. So you can always be nicer than what your contract says, but your contract should have your third strike policy. If someone screwed you over or tried to fuck with you for three times, what do you wish your contract would say? And maybe it says like no chargebacks. You get imposed like uh, any admin fees for the time that I have to take to write you an email or follow up or dispute the chargeback like that's going to be, you know, $50 an hour. Maybe there's a late fee of $75 a day, whatever it is like that's your third strike policy that might be in the contract. So in your email response to getting that notification, you can say, you know, hi, I've just received this email about the chargeback. Um, as you should be aware, because you signed this legally binding agreement when you signed up for the product and received access, there are no refunds due to the digital nature of this product. Um, as such, your filing of a chargeback is fraud and in order to avoid uh, any legal action and the following fees, this payment must be due by tomorrow. Uh, and then just like yep. leave it at that, you know, so. Obviously, it's not exactly what the scripts say, but yeah, 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 that's yeah. like the gist of what it would be because it sometimes it, is hard to stick up for yourself and find the right words. No, it, it definitely is. Uh, and I think actually this gives people like the languaging to feel confident about like selling and being bold online, knowing because like sometimes people are like, oh, I'm afraid of pushback. I'm afraid of like like or some people are too giving with their time like um, they someone finagles like a free call out of them and then like they're doing consulting work they didn't even realize like and it seems like what you're doing is you're with you're giving them the languaging to be able to like protect their time protect their money uh and uh and, and there's a lot of the stuff that like i think at least for me i'm like yeah this like i get like the investment makes a lot of sense like this will save me a lot of time <laughs> in the future and headache and annoying interactions with with people that I would usually just avoid. <laughs> yeah, and also the other thing and the most important thing to me is saving people energy because like if you wait until the situation comes up, then you're going to be in your head about it and you're like, "Oh, yep. do I even say something? Oh, I'm just going to like let it go." And I call I'll that an speak, energetic yeah, yeah, yeah. leak. Yeah, like I just call that an energetic leak and someone gave this analogy to me one time and I totally stole it from them, but I don't know where, where it came from. But they're basically like, if you consider your energy like a waterbed and there's one pinhole that's poked in it, yeah, it's going to be okay today. Another pinhole. Okay, okay. But then there's going to be that straw that broke the camel's back or that pinhole that makes you, you know, if you let $150 go there and $100 go there, $100 go there, one day you're going to be looking at your bank account. You're going to be like, why am I in the red? Or you're going to feel so burnt out. Yep. Why am I flipping out right now? So if you wait, if you wait for the situations to arise and you're the type of person who's going to avoid them or you're the type of person who gets like really aggressive and then your message mm -hmm. gets like lost in your tone, that's not going to help the situation. So writing a response out before shit hits the fan helps you leave a good paper trail, helps you get more likely to reach a resolution because you're like removing your emotions from it and you're just it, it's business as business. And it's easier for you to press send and edit that or have a team member, like just have it be business as usual. Like when you ask Nike for a refund, they're not like custom writing out every email like, hey, no. girl, like, you know, <laughs> I really appreciate it. And I'm so sorry times are tough. Like, I'm really sorry you got laid off. Like, 
No, they have customer email scripts and they follow yeah. those as SOPs. So that's what these are meant to do as well, um, to give you some kind of like standardization and then funnel them through so that whatever escalates, you know, obviously some of them are not going to be resolved with the scripts. But at least then you'll have like a fewer amount of things that actually need your individual attention that escalate to that point. And then you can handle it accordingly and not need to use a lawyer or whatever all for the other ones. I, I'm totally with you on that. And I, I see a big need for this, especially for, I don't know, I don't know if this covers it, but I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are, are on it, is with freelancers, whether it's like video editors or graphic designers or, or uh, yeah, just like pick any, any creative freelancer, uh, the scope um like starting to build a relationship with them and they say yeah. oh or like can you just do one more thing and then one more thing and then all of a sudden you're working with this person 20 extra hours a week but it's still the same price that's a really good point because so like i said i my friend who i created these with she's a copywriter so she gets scope creep all the time and then with yep. my insight of like how to address these things in the contract first and foremost we create a bunch of scripts for that and that's another really good point bringing it back to the digital product conversation like for people who do constantly get feel like they're a victim of scope creep that's another great signal for you to maybe create a digital product or an upsell out of those things and then like address those oh. things up front and be like okay especially for content creators right like influencers or video editors or whatever like, all right, these three videos are going to be included in this contract. And then for every video that you want after that, it's going to be $75 or whatever it is, right? I'm just thinking yep. like UGC. Yeah. Okay, $100 per video after that. And like at least letting them know up front or you can say like, okay, using video editing again as an example, these three custom videos are are included, but then I will make you a template or I have these templates that you could buy on my storefront or I can make you a custom template that then you can use, you know, whatever for reels. And you can like either create bespoke digital products for that client or like get the hint that, okay, these people are like going to still annoy me. Maybe I could like reduce all the annoying things by creating a template of something. I, I love that way of thinking for a digital product. Like digital products are all like, I love, like, when I find out someone's, like, selling Notion templates and making a lot of money, in my mind, I'm, this is this is where my mind goes. I'm, I think, why can't someone, like, especially with that type of thing, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Like, Easlow, have you seen that guy? He sells a lot of Notion yes. templates. He's, like, yep. the dude that's kind of, like, famous for it. Yeah, all over How Twitter. How come people, can't you, yeah, yeah, all over Twitter. Can, how come, like, he his can't be easily duplicated and turned into, like... It, like, I feel like they're easier to steal is what I'm saying. And I know that you have contracts to protect that probably, but I'm curious, yeah. like, how does a creator protect themselves from getting their digital products stolen? So that's a risk that in this space you have to be willing to take because I remember I had that same fear and then I was talking to my mom and she was like, yeah, because she works for an accounting firm. She's like, yeah. She's like, but Nina, all these restaurants that I represent or whatever, like, they all have losses on their 
spreadsheets. I might be butchering the terminology because I'm not an accountant or a tax professional or whatever. She's like, yeah, like yeah, think yeah. of all the lost inventory. Like you, a grocery store, they throw out half the produce all the time, you know? Or like a restaurant has yeah. wasted food and stuff. Like in it. any business, there's going to be losses. There's going to be, you know, things that are just lost, like lost inventory, yeah. right? Sneakers for Nike that just get like stolen off the back of the truck, right? So there's going to be that kind of thing. And personally, I don't calculate that and put that into like my losses, my spreadsheets or whatever. I kind of just yeah. like throw my hands up to the wind on it. But you're just going to have to understand that in business, it's inevitable that you're going to waste money or you're going to have things that don't go to plan. But I think the most important thing to note is that when you have like a really strong personal brand and you're putting out content yep. that gives a lot of value all the time and you're creating that reciprocal relationship, people are, there's still going to be enough people that want to learn from you and that want to have like your insights in it and they, they're they going to want to buy from you because you're creating that reciprocity with them and also because yeah maybe they can find them for free on reddit or something but they're not maybe going to know it's from you or um you know the person that they're that's stealing your stuff and selling it as their own they're obviously not creative enough to create the content behind it and if they are i mean that's when you like sue them for stealing your content or send them a yeah. letter like you're stealing my content you're stealing my digital products and that's where you get like legally involved but otherwise you're just going to have to have like a significant amount of trust in the content you're putting out the relationship you're building and there will be enough people if you're doing it right that are going to want to be in your circle um, and support you in that way. No, you make a great point about the personal brand too and like building that relationship with your audience I, I'm thinking about how I act as a consumer when I buy digital products. Like, it takes a lot of trust for me to, like, uh, it's hard to sell a digital product. It's like, because it's yeah. not tangible. There's a lot of copy. There's a lot of just, like, like what, like a lot of, like, background that I need to know about this individual before I, like, you know, send $150, $300 their way and the, to trust this product is going to be a good investment of my time. I'm curious, where are you, most of your distribution coming from? Like, where are you... Like when people are buying these at the, over a thousand purchases, where's most of your traffic coming from? So most of my traffic comes from either my Instagram, like still in this day and age where like TikTok Amazing. and all these other things, you know, like yeah. still my Instagram because I'm I'm the type of person who I finally invested in like funnels and stuff like at this year of my business like my whole really? email list is past customers or people who have maybe downloaded a freebie that like i never had a real funnel for like most of my email list is so you've been winging clients. it for like a thousand followers yeah thousand i mean like That's i've been kind of winging it like i've had like some launch strategy and things like that but yeah, the other yeah, big yeah. thing the other big thing is collaborations with people so i had a bunch of affiliates not a bunch i have like a actually it's like more like quality over quantity i have affiliates where Maybe they have a course or a podcast. Mostly it's like people who have other educational courses and they will bring me in for a signature legal workshop and then I'll give them a discount code to their audience and then they'll earn an affiliate kickback. And I have some affiliates who have like earned, you know, way over $10,000 just in, you know, passive affiliate income like the last few years yeah like over the course of like the last few years yeah well because they're you know they will have a course that is either evergreen or will launch however many times and maybe they'll bring me back in or they'll just like highlight that my workshops included as part of their sales page 
So um, I get a lot of sales through referrals as well. And I've built, again, my Instagram through that way and then my email list through that way. Um, so it's mostly God. just come from word of mouth. Yeah. So relationships. Uh, and then, hey, it's actually a good timing to say that I'm a, a new affiliate partner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm super excited about can, that. Yeah, you can use my code if you want to go check out any of the contracts the and the dm the scripts too the dm yeah. scripts that i'm all about uh there's a there's a bunch of stuff here um go check it out uh and use my code bonus footage at the checkout is where they should use it yep that's it they just go okay, to the regular cool. links there's no special links or anything but yeah go ham you know that'll support the show and you'll get you'll you'll get a tremendous value from it uh and then uh yeah so while we're on that subject of the affiliate do you use a specific platform to track like what are you selling can you talk about like the tech yeah. on the back end of how you sell the digital products yeah so one of my first affiliates had recommended to me that i use thrivecart because thrivecart is not only a payment gateway like that's where all of my sales pages are on like that like yeah. janky okay. looking sales page I have is on Thrivecart and Thrivecart monitors all of my views for the product. So it will tell me like the average amount of money I make a day, the average amount of views, conversion rates. And that's where it started to toll that thousands plus sales is all through Thrivecart transactions. Um, and then I paid for like, I think it's an extra $100 you pay for a lifetime. So I paid back in 2019. I remember I had like a thousand dollars to my name and I spent $700 on Thrivecart, like really freaking <laughs> out. I remember going to my parents and being like, I might be broke tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I might be broke tomorrow. I'm spending like my last $700 on this thing. Do you think it's stupid? But I need it to make money because the extra hundred dollars that I paid for the lifetime, uh, you know, license to use it also allowed me to have an affiliate program on there. So that's where you signed up. It had oh. like you give your tax information. So I know I can send you, you know, tax segments at the end of the year. I can monitor how much money you're spending, how much money you're making and pay you instantaneously. So, you know, now that I'll set it up, like every time someone uses your code, it will instantly give, you know, them the percentage off and it will instantly pay you out via PayPal or whatever. So it's a really great way for me to have um everything all in house and then they actually just added for free another section on it and i haven't used it yet but one of my friends has called thrivecart learn where you can actually host your digital products on thrivecart as well like they're really starting to compete with like the kajabis and oh. you know the cartridges and stuff and so you can actually Wait, like, you deliver your digital product i host them on podia which i do not like and i'm switching everything um I but use through podia. thrive yeah i don't really like what the... do you like about it for the templates that I use, like I for contract templates and just like Google Drive links or whatever, I feel like it just looks janky. If it was a full course, yeah. maybe it would look it's better. Too but much for just that. Just a lot of links and just looks weird. So on yeah. Thrivecart, I can set it up that in their invoice, like in their success checkout thing, I can either add the contracts on Thrivecart Learn cool. and have them get the link right on there or just send them like a PDF. I'm still playing around with that because I'm updating everything, but that's really, really uh, helpful. What do you use for email? I use Flowdesk, um, and okay. they're another great. So actually, speaking of affiliates, like 
the other great thing about Thrivecart is I paid once. I never had to pay again. And then like as soon as I set it up, I got I started having this vehicle to attract all this money. And they make you an affiliate so that like if you have an affiliate link, you get like anytime someone signs up for Thrivecart using my link, I get like three hundred dollars. It's crazy. So maybe what? like once a year I'll get like what, what, or if, twice so a year. If I use your link to start a Thrivecart, you get three hundred dollars. Three hundred yeah, like three hundred twenty five dollars or something like that. It's crazy. I've made like some decent, you Yo, know, that's a crazy cash. affiliate program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I might just make a seems... whole TikTok around five cards. You should. I should actually, I don't even promote it enough because like I should for the amount of money I'm getting. Yeah. Like I actually don't promote it at all. It's just like my friends who have asked and they've like happened to sign up. Yeah. But Flowdesk well, I have is a another show one. Like... Yeah. Oh, what was that? No, nah, I'm just talking. Talking. Well, yeah, oh, you should, ahead. you should look into Thrivecart and then maybe make a bunch yeah. of money off. Yeah, of yeah, that yeah. good affiliate program. But Flowdesk is another one where they're, uh, if you use a friend's affiliate code, you get 50% off. So I pay like $19 a month for Flowdesk, and it's super easy to use. Um, I think the price is raised now, but it's still like less than 50 So it's really great for people just starting out who want something really easy to use that like looks professional and has, you know, compatibility with like, you know, you can set up a landing page, you can create a funnel, you can deliver like a freebie, you know, all that kind of stuff. So nice. Thrivecart, so Flowdesk, Flowdesk Pod Podia, those are the main things I use as well as Canva, Notion. That's really all I use to run my business. I've even put like a course I have on Notion. Uh, so you could keep it really simple and keep like your expenses pretty low. I love simple. When you're looking into that. Yeah, yeah. people try to get too fancy uh, try to add to to like it doesn't have to be complicated uh, and so the, the, you you said that traffic comes in through mainly Instagram do you see anything from TikTok I like, do how's it compared to Instagram like TikTok people that actually will, purchase yeah so TikTok will get me further reach but I feel like people are more skeptical about buying on TikTok and I, it's funny because you asked me before the call about chat gpt and how it's like oh is it worth still selling digital products or contracts if like chat gpt exists like that's the kind of people that i find on tiktok like i'll be like oh i have this contract template oh for you guys and then i'll get all these comments like well i got one on chat gpt and i'm like okay that's <laughs> great but not everybody can use chat gpt and get like a good contract like chat gpt is only as effective as the person using it like if you don't know to say yep. like give me a term that says this and I negotiated this and blah, 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 blah. And you don't know how to read contracts and make sure it actually says what you meant it to say, which is like the whole point of contracts is making sure that whatever's written matches your intention because that's like the struggle that most people have. Does what you wrote, wrote match what you intended? Like if you don't know how to do that, then it's not going to be effective for you, right? So I get a lot of those kinds of comments on TikTok Whereas, like, I find that on my Instagram because you're able to DM people easier. You have stories and reels and lives and carousel posts and posts and everything. I feel there's more trust between me and the buyers or people in my audience. So I find I get more conversions on Instagram. But every once in a while, um, like, I get a video that will do well and then I'll see like an uptick in you know a specific contract template sale or I made a yep. video like three years ago about trademarks and I made a few 
$50,000 on like trademark clients that came in from that video. So for nice. me, I'm still trying to figure out ways to get it to convert. I don't use it consistently enough, but um, it works really well for some people. But for me, and I guess like the level of distrust people have in lawyers to begin with and, you know, the level of distrust people have sometimes about like people who are like, use this and start an online business or here's how I make passive income. People kind of like distrust those kinds of marketers, I feel like on TikTok um, for no good reason, but just their own stigmas. I find that the DM yeah. aspect and the voice notes and stuff through Instagram allow me to really get to know people and, and close the sale more. This is one of the things that you mentioned too is is to talk about this. Why do we need a lawyer drafted contract versus something like ChatGBT? What are like some of the main things that jump out for you? So first and foremost is like the fact I said earlier, a tool like AI is only going to be as useful as the person using it, right? So if you don't know what to tell yes. ChatGPT to put in the contract, they're going to give you a basic ass contract that doesn't give you any like negotiation advantages or or explanations of why this should be in there or it's it's only going to output what you input. So when you work yep. with a lawyer or even if you think okay, well I have my own experience and I know a lot, that's great, but a lawyer has worked with a thousand of you. So you know your experience and that's great, but I know my experience. I know all of my clients' experience and they confide in me because I have a confidential relationship with them. They tell me stories that are not public, that they don't disclose to anybody else, that they're embarrassed of or their biggest wins, their biggest failures. And also, like I always say, because one of my teachers told me this in law school, like never assume you're more sophisticated than your clients. So I work with a lot of people who teach me everything like I've worked with people who are who run multi-billion dollar businesses they just need a lawyer for xyz because they can't or don't have time to write their own contracts or whatever or negotiate something themselves but they tell me exactly what to say or exactly what to do and I'm learning from them so that's yep. an advantage that you, when you work with a lawyer that you have and I've been doing this for over 10 years so I have like 10 years times you know thousands of clients experience in my head when I'm sitting down looking at a contract thinking about, oh, well, you could actually say this or you could ask for this or you could do that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the biggest advantages. Also, the fact that, like, again, you want to make sure that things are clearly written because for it to hold up in court, it has to be clearly written in a way that um, will match the intention. There can't be any vagueness to it or it'll be stricken out. Um, and it can't be contradictory and stuff. So you, you know, what would be a good content idea for you is to like, it, it, it like uh, something where you look at two contracts and you have to pick decide pick which one was written by ChatGPT. And that just would like be cool. you'll, you, you'll be right every time, and it, and you'll be able to call it out. It'll like show the clear distinctions. That'll definitely stir up TikTok. <laughs> yeah, people hate when I like say don't use chat gpt people are like you're just trying to like you're self-serving you're just trying to scam people and i'm like okay but that's like saying you guys are all content creators right that's like me saying go to this ai platform that will generate an image of like i don't know joe rogan wearing a cowboy hat riding a crocodile yeah. like it's still not as good yeah, yeah. as if you found the actual actor with the like high yeah. brand hat no, you know I, it, 
created the content. Yeah, and I think the people that are making like, like real like, like real money as creators, they're not gonna, tr- like they're gonna trust y- you. <laughs> you know, like like the, just yeah. like anything, just like any um, like you know, people still pay for like you know the the highest performing entrepreneurs or creators or or athletes like they're all paying for like outside minds to like to help them refine yeah. and like be better in whatever their craft is uh and it's just like yeah there there's some inputs yeah. that may might support some people maybe if they're really um working with a low budget uh or like maybe if they need to reword like one thing and like don't know how to say it but like to trust it for the whole entire like soup and nuts yeah. like, is, is not not the best move. Yeah. Like I use ChatGPT if I'm like, hey, can you check this thing that I wrote and like try to write it uh, more concise? And I'll look at what they say and I'm yeah. like, ooh, it kind of changed the whole meaning. So let me not use yeah. that. Or so I use ChatGPT sometimes, but it's different. Also, like there's something to be said about having an advocate, because when you try to negotiate on behalf of yourself, you are never, ever going to, number one, it's a psychological game. You're never going to be taken as seriously. Um, you're never going to really know, like, oh, I could have asked for more or whatever, because you're always, when you negotiate for yourself, it's always different, right? I never get the deals I want to get done when I negotiate for myself even. But if I'm negotiating for a client or if I'm helping them, I'm not emotionally invested in it like they are. So it's easier for me to get what like reach the goal and get what needs to be done and not worry about stepping on toes or I don't care if the other person hates me like what doesn't matter it's not my life you know um versus like when you're trying to build a relationship with a brand you don't want them to have a sour taste in their mouth because you asked for xyz you know they're just blame it on the lawyer it's easier yeah I know so I want to go back to this one I I forgot about this question the one where you worked with the other copywriter I forget her name you can remember Kaylee. When, in the answer uh, but Kaylee um and we'll put her link in the description too so people can check out her her work uh so customizable email and and boundary scripts you partnered with her what does that partnership yes. look like because I've thought about that with other creators like doing like a a collaborative thing like do you guys split the income on the back end like how does that look or did you just pay her up front for for her part of the of the of the work on that so that's a great question um and this is what i mean like earlier when i had talked about the bundle of contract templates that i sell the the reason why i like created the bundle is because i will use a joint venture agreement with people like this when i'm splitting profits with them but a lot of people won't know that they need that unless they have it already so it's like one of the reasons i like trick people into not trick them but like i say like oh You're now you people? use this contract <laughs> like use this contract because it comes in handy for this where it makes you sit down and think about the ways the creative ways that you can collaborate with people versus just like oh you're coming on my podcast sign this thing or oh you're yep. being a guest speaker in this thing sign my thing when you're actually splitting profits with someone but you're not creating a business together it's called a joint venture and basically what it is is that people will um you know we will sit down up front and say this is the workload that we're splitting here's both of our responsibilities uh are the payments coming in through my thrive card are they coming in through your shopify is it coming in through both um how are we reporting those numbers to each other when are we paying each other are we paying each other monthly quarterly are we allowing affiliates to promote this item and the way we we decided is we decided that uh 
I'm going to put on my shop. She's going to put on hers. And because we're friends, like, we're not just going to blindly trust each other, but we'll report to each other at the end of every month, hey, here's how many I sold, and then we'll split it 50-50. We will also allow affiliates to promote it and then split the 50% of, like, whatever the profit is. So if she pays her affiliates 20%, yeah, yeah, like, then we would split whatever is remaining because it's beneficial for us. Like, we wouldn't get that sale had it not been for that affiliate. And then also the last big thing is making sure that um, we also set price limits. Like, okay, if we want to run it as a sale, you don't need my approval for that, but you're not going to price it at lower than, like, let's say $97. If you want to price it lower than $97 or run a sale lower than that, like, we need to talk about that and whatever. Um, And it's been really nice to work with her that way because we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but we also... um, we're we're friends so we work well together another way you could do it is also pay people up front to be able to license their content and almost like white label it but for the like for you that might be better if you're like i want to pay you up front and take it uh because then maybe you'll make more money over time but there's also then the risk of oh well what if you don't even get enough to get an roi or like you know, you're essentially yeah. having to pay all the money up front versus overtime per sale. Either way, a joint venture yeah. contract's really important. I, you know, I... Um, just because yeah. you want a paper trail to show, like, I'm not making all this money. Like, even though my Thrive Cart says, let's say I'm making $10,000, when I pay my taxes, I only am paying taxes hopefully on $5,000 of that because I paid the other person, you know, so it's good to have that paper trail too. I, I always have product ideas, but the, I do want to do something around like a starter kit for podcasts because I'm seeing a big trend for people that are going from short form to podcasts and a lot of like even bigger creators they will come to me for like, dude, like I just want to know about like the first 10 episodes. So then I'm good. Like give me some like thought starters on this. So I want to create something. I don't know if it's going to be 40 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. But then I have an idea that I'm going to do like, five to ten like bonus interviews where um because bonus creators are brands i'm gonna interview different podcasters and then i want to work out with each of them like like since i'm selling this thing do i have to pay them or are they just going to do it out of love like what should i offer or should i say hey like i'll make you an official affiliate with you know and you can share it and kind of promote it with the bonus interview that like comes with it when when they get it I'm I'm I don't even know if that's a question. I'm more like kind of seeing if you think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea, and there's so many ways that you can creatively get them to make money off of that. You could pay them, like let's say it's like okay, I'll pay you a hundred dollars speaking fee. Like I don't know, I feel like people, depending on who it is, like if you were like, hey, yeah. I'll pay you a hundred dollars, I'd be like, okay, cool, sure. You know, it's just like, for the interview. Yeah, yeah, and then that's a flat fee to be able then to license out that content and sell it right or you could do the affiliate structure and you can also use it as leverage like if someone's like no a hundred dollars isn't enough then i'd be like okay well i could make you an affiliate there's no guarantee but you can make a lot more money if you put in more effort right so you can that's where again like coming back to working with a lawyer or working with a manager or something um or any kind of like Mm -hmm. consultant or someone to help you think about these things who has a skill in negotiation can really help you find like more creative ways to 
split the orange. There's a good example in a book about negotiation called Getting to Yes, where there's this orange and two chefs are fighting over it. And so they end up just cutting it in half. And both of them are pissed off because they didn't walk away happy. One of them needs all of the juices for his sauce. And the other one needs like all of the peel Mm -hmm. for a garnish. And they could have both walked away with the whole orange had they had better communication and more creative ideas rather than just splitting it in mm-hmm. half. That's why you're never supposed to just split the difference in negotiation. You're supposed mm-hmm. to like ask more questions about like what they want. Um, and so, yeah, as long as you can think of like really creative ways to split the orange um, and c- come together as a collaboration, even in figuring out the best way for you both to feel compensated, um, could be like the start of a really, really good, long-term, happy relationship. You're right. There's so many ways to make it a win for everyone. Let's, what are three mistakes that you commonly see that you might have made or like, like something you learned or like you see other people make when they're selling digital products that like you would want to tell a beginner that's trying to launch their product? So number one mistake is like someone thinking that a product's a good idea because they think it's a good idea when no one's asked for it and like they haven't validated it at all. And it's not something that they offer usually like one-on-one or it has nothing to do with their one-on-one services as well. That's a big mistake Mm -hmm. I see people see because it's like you want it to make sense for your overall product suite and you want it to be something that you can either templatize or a course or a workshop or something that you can show to kind of reduce, like to help save them money at the level of awareness they're at they're not poor because they're going to go for your digital product versus your service. They're just at a, a, a awareness level of like, I don't really know this person. I don't know why I need the one-on-one service. So this is a good deal for me. So that's number one. Yep. Um, and also number two, like don't assume the person who's buying your digital product is like broke. And the person who wants your one-on-one service is rich. Like you need to also that's understand that, yeah, you need to like, get them to the level like they don't know that they have a problem when they're buying your digital product so your digital product has to serve them at the stage of hey you have a problem here's how to solve it your one-on-one clients your high ticket clients are going to be the people that know they have a problem they now know the solution through your content and they they know that you are the person they want to solve their problem right they're not going to go to chat gpt they're not going to go to the diy option because they want to work with you um And the third mistake would be pricing. Like, don't think you have to stick with one price. I'm always reducing my prices, raising my prices, having sales, not having sales. Um, I'm always playing around with it because at the end of the day, my value isn't a $97 product. It's the lifetime value of that product, which could be $500,000 if I sell enough of them, right? What is the website? And then what are your social media handles? Sure. So my website is ninathelawyer.com. And then you'll see a page for the template shop if you want to browse the templates. And then on each of those sales pages, you'll see a place for a coupon code where you can put in bonus footage, no spaces, one word, um, and get some money off. Um, As far as where else you can consume my free content, uh, my Instagram, I'm always posting on Instagram, at ninathelawyer. My TikTok, same handle. And I have a podcast as well called The Non-Negotiable Success Show. And I'm trying to be more consistent with it. I'm trying to find that sweet spot of like, do I post every day? Do I post like once a week? I'm, I'm playing around with it. Amazing. Well, yeah. yeah, go check out all of Nina's content. 
uh, and then get ch- check the website, see if any of the the the, uh, the digital products are talking to you, and, uh, and and pick some of them up. And Nina, thank you so much for being on the show. I learned a lot myself around digital products. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Thanks, and thanks so much for having me on the podcast. It's been so nice chatting with you, like face to face. I've been loving your content and your podcast for a while. Um, and yeah, if you're listening to this, feel free to DM me, reach out to me. I'm always looking for like new people to chat with and and like hear what kind of content you want to see, whatever. So look forward to meeting all you guys in the audience as well.